to Ball Don't Lie, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick takes songs from a soundtrack, plays those songs for us, uh, and based on these selections, we are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. It's definitely a comedy. Not really. Really? Not really, no. I definitely don't have it. It is a nostalgia-based movie, though. Mm-mm. I got nothing. Came out five years ago. All right, what is it? Yeah, give it to us. I got nothing. Ready Player One. I would have never got oh, it. The video out, game movie. The video game movie. I never would have got it. Yes. That never. is basically an amazing soundtrack because it was completely nostalgia based. Yeah, movie. and then in, in basically the Ready One, it's like an amalgamation of a lot of different game, old school yes. games. They end old up school in there. games, music. I saw, stuff I saw like that, that movie. It is yes. a feel good movie, actually. You're right. Yeah, yeah. There's a feel good factor to yeah. it based on the nostalgia. Okay. All right, and I, I'm not opposed to that. See, we're just not game. We're not gaming oriented people. You know what I mean, Harge? No, we're you not. You should I'm be. Not, you no. have kids. I let my son go in there and play. And nah, you don't. Nah. And you said you don't play. I'm with like, your son. what's up? Why don't you play your son in the? Because we'll sports fight. Because <laughs> we will fight. For real, 100. percent We will fight. Why? Because what's the real reason? Because your son, he's a trash talker. Oh my god. Yeah. And so am I. That's true. And so I... And you're a competitor. Yeah. And we, so is he. Yeah. There's been some controllers that have been broken before. <laughs> like... Who's broken the controllers? You or him? Uh, it's been a combination. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, not broken controllers before. And we've been, we've been definitely equal, equal, equal opportunity. Yeah. Oh, no. I feel you. I've broken... I mean, we used to have a controller, like, fund in the dorms because when we'd play Madden, um, it there was a controller broken at least... Once a week, I, I, and he, it was it was it could be me, it could be Sims, it could be Skis, it could be yeah. Montreal Flowers, it could be a number of different guys. Yeah, he's got money on his dresser just for those situations. Yeah, exactly. We used to have a fund, and yeah. we you know just put money in the fund. You break yeah. your nature, it, yeah. you know it's gonna happen. You break it, you buy. Yeah, we gonna yeah. Uh, we gonna break one of them controllers. Oh, it's competitive, show. especially especially when somebody they'll play college football and they want to beat you with you. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, they want to pick on you on the game. Yeah, and throw, you, I'm throwing that Robbie throwing that the Robbie. whole time. Oh, Robbie's giving up bombs out there. You're like, I wouldn't do that. Why you got me this game on this safe. game? This okay. game, my my rating going down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. The, the only time I got really close to it was playing a game, gets right down to the end, and then they block a field goal. Oh, which I'm like, come the on. odds of that happening? Like you didn't do anything special. Like, a cheat code or something? It was just like you just got lucky that that was the one time that that it yeah. just hit right. And you got him like this is not fair. That was like the game tying extra point. Oh yeah, yeah. and he blocked him like, what am I supposed to do? I know. No, um, trust me, I've had. I've oh, had that. so mad. That's yeah. that's a controller. That's when you yeah. break the controller. That was, that was that's close. a controller breaking moment right there. <laughs> that's when you do it. By the way, ner- uh, nerd, <laughs> he nerd. Said, he said my nerd self got it. Uh, Ike. Oh, he, did he? he? Yeah, Ike, yeah. Ike said he knew what it if was. If you're a gamer, yeah. I can see that. I actually yeah. enjoyed that movie. That wasn't a yeah. bad movie at all. Um, all right, <clears throat> you can be a part of the show. You're the most important part of it. Please do hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Uh, my man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Also, uh, since we're giving shout-outs, uh, let me give a shout-out to uh, the city of Buda. Yes. Because uh, they are having a birthday coming up. Yes, they are. And uh, we're going to help them celebrate their birthday. They're having a birthday party. Uh, the Horn will be there to help them celebrate. You also can join uh, Coke FM at Buda Amphitheater and City Park Saturday starting at 3 p.m. 
All right. Uh, it's going to be a carnival all day long. Uh, they'll have a birthday cake and BYOB. Come on, man. What? Out in the park. That's, now, that's a party. That's a party. Uh, live music starting at 545 with Uncle uh, Lucius uh, headlining at 730 p.m. You can uh, join us Saturday for Buda's birthday celebration. Uh, details are on the uh, page uh, webpage at hornfm.com. Just go check it out there. It's all outstanding. Right. Uh, speaking of birthdays. Hey, there's a, le- right. a legendary Lifetime Longhorn celebrating a birthday today. We got to show him some love. One of the coldest to ever do it, if uh, not the coldest. Yeah, legendary Lifetime Longhorn Earl Campbell. Hall of six- Famer. 68 years old? That's right. Yes. and Hall- I, I was I, The reason I think that Earl Campbell's Hall of Fame career in the NFL was so unique because, you know, there's, there are a lot of different ways to make the Hall of Fame. Um, well, not a lot. There are a couple of ways, I should say that. Just your statistical performance, you can just be statistically uh, an outlier and elite in that category. Or usually it's the eye test because essentially they have a, a group of writers. They sit around and they just argue and for other players, yeah, argue, and if you got enough guys arguing for your goose candidacy, and, and and John McClain both do that, yeah, for exactly. You. They, yep. like, they, and they told me how it works. They sit around, yep. and they argue, and the guys go, "You know what? That's a good argument. I like that argument better yep. than an argument for this guy." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then they then they kind of start hatching it out and breaking it down from there. And Earl Campbell, listen, guys, Earl Campbell only played eight years of football. Yeah. He doesn't even have ten thousand yards rushing. Ricky Williams has more rushing yards than Earl Campbell. Think about that. Ricky yeah. took time off. Yeah, he did. And Walked up, away. Ended up surpassing Earl Campbell in rushing yards. Earl Campbell was not necessarily prolific, but all it took was the eye test. He's an eye test guy. Mm-hmm. He made it into the Hall of Fame for the eye test. Because essentially they sat around that table and they asked all these football minds, have y'all ever seen anything like Earl Campbell? And they all said, no, haven't seen anything like him. And you haven't seen anything like him since. Yep. You won't ever see. Some people said Jim Brown was like that. I never saw Jim Brown. So yeah. I don't know how Jim Brown played the game. Some people say Jim Brown played the game like Earl Campbell. Well, Jim Brown, listen, Jim Brown was great. Uh, yeah. But, man, the, the caliber of player was a little different then when Jim Brown was running over guys than Earl Campbell was running over guys. I'm not saying Earl Campbell's better than Jim Brown. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying we, this, my generation of football fans have never seen anything like Earl Campbell. Uh, he, my he, father-in-law tells me, and he gets a tear in his eye every single time. He talks about Earl Campbell. You, he gets a tear in his eye. He said he was the baddest man on the planet when it came to running that football. They feared him. And he was a skull brother. Skull brother. Yeah, he was. Skull, skull brother. brother. <laughs> no, it, it, no, he really was. I mean, we, like I said, that's, that's to me, that shows you how extraordinary his NFL career was. Like yep. said, go look at his stats. They yep. aren't really mind popping. Talking about his career stats, they aren't necessarily mind blowing. He was a he was a hell of a player. The short time that he was there, yeah, I mean, he was ready. He was MVP. Was that his rookie year? He was MVP? yeah, he was one. Yeah, I, I think he, he won the Heisman and then came in and I, won the. I want to say he wins like MVP as rookie or his rookie year, his second year in the league. Something crazy me. like that. Because well, of what he meant to the Houston oh, Oilers. And love a, you, Blue. Obviously, I'm a little biased because I'm a Longhorn and a Love You Blue guy. You so should be. I love Earl Campbell twi- twice over. <laughs> so, yeah. Second year. Draft, His second uh, year. He was 1978 so, yeah. and then 1979. He became okay. So he won the rookie of the year, then wins MVP. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a short career, but you're, we are talk- I mean, you're talking about a – I mean, it was um, – it was a – he was essentially, to me – one of the greatest phenomenons we've ever seen in the NFL in terms of just play just player wise. Yeah. We, it was, was it? I mean, the thighs, man. Think about it. Think about it. 
The yeah. thighs, when you saw it, you were like, man, I'm not finna try to tackle that. Remember, they had to change jerseys because he was wearing tearaways and he was always coming out of his jersey. Yeah. Dude was phenomenal. No, he like I said, he was rare. I I, I can't. There are no comparisons to Earl Campbell. He did he win uh, off NFL Offensive Player of the Year his rookie season, the next season, and the season after that. <laughs> so first three seasons in the league. There, there, there was no comparison to Earl Campbell. Now, maybe there was when people can't make the Jim Brown comparison, but we have not seen a comparison since, and there won't be. Yeah. There won't be. Even if they have the physique and they have like the physical uh, kind of the uh, some of the physical measurables that match up with Earl Campbell, they won't play the game like Earl nobody plays the game like that anymore. I don't think you can. You can't. Earl it's Campbell probably would have been the first offensive player they kicked out of a football game with today's rules. They'd yep. be ejected him out of game. Like, nah, yep. Earl, you gotta go. Yep. You can't be hitting DBs and linebackers <laughs> like that, man. You just he would have been a reason why they had to make the right? rules about spearing. Bro, exactly. Yeah. He he yeah. did. He speared that guy. Remember yeah. the, the, oh, the yeah, Ram? Oh, yeah, the Ram. Yeah. He speared that dude, man. Almost ruined that dude's career. Done. That dude said he had to go to counseling after <laughs> yeah. that. No, yeah. I'm not joking. No, oh, I don't remember. He said he went through, like, went through some dark times because of that because it was such a, it was basically one of those NFL plays that NFL films made famous. Playing yep. over and over again. Yep. And all you have to, every time he watches an NFL highlight, they'll play that. They'll play it 30 years later, still playing that damn highlight. Yeah. Everybody even knows what I'm talking about. I don't and have to everybody it. sees it and they're like, ooh, the entire time. Man. Yeah. If someone says Adrian Peterson was close, close, maybe. Maybe. I mean, but then Not- again. Maybe. I, I think Jim because Jim Brown won MVP his rookie season and a sophomore so, season. So, yeah, Jim, that's right. some people said Jim. I never saw Jim Brown. So no, I no, I agree. But that's what I'm saying. I, if we want to look at just. Short career, but clearly, sure. clearly dominant. Yeah. yeah. I got to look at Jim Brown's career rushing. Uh, yeah, Jim Brown's 11th all time. Jim Brown's got 12,000 rushing yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so Jim Brown was awesome. Jim Brown was great. My point is, like, Jim, Jim Brown, like, Earl Campbell, usually when you have that few rushing yards, you don't make it into the Hall of Fame. They don't, people don't put you there. They right. go, nah, man, you got to at least get to 10 G's. Yeah. No, they sat around that table and said, "Man, did y'all watch Earl Campbell?" Everybody <laughs> yeah. said, "Yeah, we watched." Yeah, we did. He's in. He's in. Yeah, we he's need in. to make he's sure in. that he we is in there. Y'all want to argue stats? Nah, we don't need to argue stats. If you didn't see, <laughs> we are. It's eye test. You ain't see him, yep. then screw you. Yep. He's in. You should have been paying him a little bit more attention, right? Yeah. Man, that's that's why I think he's the incarnation of Bevo with a football. Ooh, good point. I mean, that's good. Good. All I can think about is that's yeah. what he—he he literally is the incarnation of that. That's why Loman yeah. fans love him. He's basically Bevo with a football. And every time they see him, they get a tear in their eye. They should. You know what I'm saying? He had to have his jeans, I believe, specially made at oh, Texas, because yeah. yeah. they couldn't find jeans that fit his thighs. He was a wrangler. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? He would have had a great nil deal if that was the case. Say days. what? Had to have his jeans specially made. Oh Come my on, goodness! Man. There you go. Uh, so that's our Earl Campbell tribute. Skull brother. Skull brother. Yeah, love like it. That. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. He's 68 years old, so happy birthday to the great, legendary, lifetime long home and Hall of Famer, Earl Campbell. And he'd probably be excited if you go and buy some uh, meat for, you know, to put on the grill this week. Get some of that Earl Campbell sausage? That Earl Campbell sausage. <laughs> He'll be proud of you if you got some of that right now. All right. It is a fact here, and I like this uh, for Mike. Jim Brown wasn't playing with as many brothers. <laughs> that is a fact. True. <laughs> hey. True. <laughs> you said yeah. someone says the Nigerian nightmare was closest thing to 
to Christian me. Christian Okoye was Rose. not there because he, of he, that. Man. He wasn't as athletic as Earl Campbell. No. Earl Campbell would get out once he got out on the on the he edge. He wasn't catching it. Yeah, so he would actually try to burn off on people. Yeah. And then you, I'd rather him burn off on me. I'd have let Earl Campbell burn off on me. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't get the angle on him, coach. You would have come up. You would have come up like Michael. Michael. <laughs> I couldn't get that angle on him, coach. I ain't trying to I meet tried. that dude with the angle. I no tried. way. He'd be looking for you too, trying to lower the head. Nah, you ain't getting me, Earl. I'm grabbing them ankles. Yeah. All about the ankles. For sure. Uh, I can tell you a good news. I have two Earl Campbell autographs in my office right now. Do you, you do? Really? I do. Right. I have a Texas one and an Oilers one. Oh, God bless you. I got. I, I can, and I need one for both. I have one. I have an Oilers one, but not a Texas one. Strange I got a Texas hat in there, and that was two Patrick, too. So it's, it's you know. Oh, it's special. Well done. Yeah. Uh, what about Mike Allstott? Nah. Someone, two, yeah, two Allstott. Someone said Allstott played like that. He did. He played like that, but he wasn't as athletic. Yeah. yeah. Like Earl. Like I said, go watch Earl. Go watch how loose Earl was and for being how thick and big he was. He was thick with it. Yeah, he was. He was built like a Kardashian, but he had speed. <laughs> <laughs> they did too. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and he had that, but don't man, he yeah. was just, yeah. I mean, he's basically, yeah, I mean, Jim Brown is probably the, the comparison. And like I said, I never watched Jim Brown, so yeah. Jim Brown was a beast, no question. Uh, all right, anyway, shout out to my, Earl Campbell. I That's love right. the Earl Campbell Oiler story, though. Uh, about the conditioning test. Oh, man, that was outstanding. That the Oilers used to have a conditioning test where they made every player run a mile and every position had to run the mile in a certain time. And really, Earl Campbell failed the conditioning test. I mean, horribly. It was yeah. terrible. Uh, and then after uh, they were talking, and the media was asking uh, uh, Bum Phillips about it afterwards, and he's and they, they were like, hey, we heard Earl failed the uh, conditioning test. Uh, are you upset about that? What are your plans? Are you going to make him take it over, whatever? Uh, and, he's, uh, and they were like, yeah, he's like, it's a mile, uh, and he was like, "You know what? When it's when it's a uh, third mile, I won't hand it off to him." No doubt, right about that. No doubt. Uh, all right, let's get to some NFL news, notes, and nuggets. I think it's a perfect transition. Okay, so apparently um, Arthur Blank upset Lamar Jackson recently. Uh, he was asked about why he's disinterested in Lamar Jackson, and uh, there are a lot of. People giving reasons, uh, executives, GMs, and coaches giving different reasons. And one of the reasons Arthur Blankett actually ended up soliciting a response from Lamar Jackson. He was upset about the quote that he saw from Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner. So essentially what Arthur Blank said was, and he got this from, I got this from The Athletic. He said, quote, he was asked about Lamar Jackson and whether they would pursue him. He said, quote, looking at it objectively, I'd say there's some concern over how long can he play this style of game? Hopefully a long time, but he's missed five, six games each of the last two years. Each game counts a lot in our business, end quote. The, the, the response from Lamar Jackson, because apparently Lamar Jackson took offense to this, he said, quote, let's get real. I'd rather have 100% PCL than go out there and play horrible, forcing myself to put my guys in a bad situation. Now that's selfish to me. He also went on to say, I don't remember me sitting out on my guys week one versus the Jets to week 12 versus the Broncos. How come all of a sudden I sit out because of money in which I would have uh, on which I could have gotten hurt at any time within that time frame? There was a thinking emoji when we know the Super Bowl been on my mind since April 2018 in quote. So he's going at the narrative that he might have set out the end of last season, including the playoff game because of negotiations or because of the way that he felt a certain way about the Ravens organization. He's hinting there. That was not the case. I was genuinely hurt. That's why I didn't play. That's why um, he put the narrative out there because he, <laughs> he was hearing what everybody was talking. 
talking yeah. about. And he, I think that Arthur Blank statement also yeah. said, I'm like, okay, people think that, you know, first right. of all, that I'm injury prone or something all of a sudden. Right. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm the one that's always hurt. When you go back and you look at my career, I didn't miss very many games, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the, no. that's the frustrating part for me is everybody's trying to figure mm-hmm. out a way to not pay him. But you wasn't talking about that when he was an MVP and he was playing on the rookie minimum, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. always forgets that, and they convenient with it. Oh, he did that on the rookie deal, man. Well, I thought he was underpaid on his rookie deal because he did win an MVP. You should have came at him right then mm-hmm. and came and brought the money to him because you knew he was going to be around. That's the frustrating part to me because it's it's always the switch up when somebody is trying to get money that they earn. Because we hear it all the time. Oh, he outplayed that contract. Oh, man, I can't believe they're paying him that contract. It's like, it's not your money. It's not your money. And if somebody is going to give Mm. me that money, I'm taking that money. And that's the thing. And then you got to negotiate your worth. You know, because people are going to pay you what you feel you're worth if you come in there with a uh, great plan. Kind of like what you were talking about, the Hall of Fame conversation. Somebody comes and presents you the right way, which he doesn't have an agent, mm. kind of hurts him. And yeah. again, I told you this from the very beginning, mm. feelings got hurt because he's the one sitting in those meetings. And they're telling you why I'm not going to pay you that money. At least you would have had a buffer in between to give you a better uh, version of what they're dogging you about. Now you're hearing it with your own ears. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I think there's this point, too, with all these teams. They're like, well, we're not – like." First of all, that doesn't mean you shouldn't talk to him about it. Exactly. Because you should sit and talk to him and go, all right, well, this is why we can't give you this amount of guaranteed money because we're worried about this. We need to make sure we have guarantees of how many games you play. And we're fine with if you play 16 games and or you're healthy to play and we can do your medical test or whatever we want to do, that that you'll get the guaranteed contract. But if you are continually getting hurt. But for me, go, man, put weapons with him and try yeah. and create a different player or quarterback. <laughs> and try if, if I was to trade for Lamar Jackson – I would say, hey, we need to try and take him to the second part of his career now. Yep. He's doing really well. We need to use him in that. But we don't need to use him in that for 16, 17 games a season. We just can't do that because it's too much wear and tear on anybody, and they're more likely to get hurt. So let's try and figure out other ways we can use him. Let's give him some other weapons. The Ravens don't want to do that, but the Ravens are making it out like, hey, man, we have, we have not given him any wide receivers. Right. We're not giving him any help. We gave him Mark Andrews. That's it. And – and we tell him, and we're calling the plays. He's not calling the plays. Right. We're calling the plays and telling him to run and running quarterback draws and everything else, and then wonder why our quarterbacks getting hurt when we use him like a running back. And running backs get hurt. And if you notice, the Baltimore Ravens can't keep a running back either. Yeah. So maybe their 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 staff sucks too. We saw the NFL <laughs> Players Association poll that their their training staff got a what an F. Exactly. Exactly. So Great point. so maybe we can look at all these other factors and not go. It's just this one thing. Because we know what all these owners are doing, which is, hey, we have to give a reason so it does not look like we all sat around and talked about this before Lamar Jackson became right. a, you know, before they put the franchise tag on him. We we all had this sort of conversation, and we all decided we weren't going to go after him. But just come out and say it. Just go, I don't know, we don't want to go for him because the Ravens told us he was a bad guy. Say that, because yep. that's the truth. You are getting all your info from the Ravens about how he's not the person that you want to put on your team because the Ravens are playing you to keep their guy for less money. Yeah, no, that's uh, those are all good points. What I would just add to that is just Arthur Blank, he did want to pursue Deshaun Watson, and if he's worried about durability, as a Texans fan, I can tell you, Deshaun Watson, hell, he missed, what, in, as a rookie, ended up missing 10 games as a rookie in his rookie year. 
missed uh, uh, missed games in 2019. He, of course, had the game he yeah. really set out in protest, I guess, for the Texans, and then had the suspension. And he was willing to sign or at least Thank pursue you. Deshaun Watson, even with him being an irresponsible runner. He's a reckless runner. I can tell you right now, you remember that he would run into he'd run into line. Remember Jalen Smith hit him on the it. goal line? Yes. He was just a reckless runner, yeah. man. Helicopters, all kind of stuff. He was just wild. But as a Texas Remember, fan, he got he his spleen busted. Yeah, like he, he he does not care about his yes. his, his well being when he is running. He's not well, a he smart was gonna runner. get a massage afterwards because exactly. he knew he was he, gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you also look at because uh, a lot of people believe that sacks are a quarterback stat, if you look at sacks that our quarterbacks are responsible for, man, he by and far and away leads the NFL in sacks that quarterbacks are responsible for. Right. So he brings a lot of the his own kind of wear and tear on him with those sacks, and yet even not knowing how long his suspension was going to be, he was going to miss more games. They were willing to pursue Deshaun Watson. So my thing is, if you're willing to pursue Deshaun Watson and all that, then you really can't bring up injury. Thank as you. As you're not pursuing Thank Lamar Jackson. You, Just say what it is that you don't want to pursue him because of the contract or whatever it may be. Unbelievable. Um, okay, we'll get back to some of those NFL conversations. Uh, we got, especially guys coming up next, what you got in Horace Knock Life? That's right. We're going to have Hall of Famer mm-hmm. Chipper Jones coming in to preview mm-hmm. the Major League season. I can't wait to talk Talk to him, catch up with him, and I'm going to ask him what he thinks about these pitch clocks and how would he have responded to some of this stuff. I like that. Uh, co- coming back, we got a Hall of Famer. We're just talking about a yeah, Hall of Famer. Exactly. We got another one coming up. Another right one. On Hard Stock Live right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night in the horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! All aboard! <laughs> I, 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 If you've been around the baseball game and been around the ballpark, you know what that introduction is. He was the first overall pick in the 1990 draft. He was drafted by the Atlanta Braves. He made his major league debut in 1993. He played his entire career with one organization. He won the National League MVP in 1999. He's an eight-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. He also won a batting title in 2008. He was also inducted into the college, I mean, excuse me, the Major League Hall of Fame in 2018. His name is Larry Wayne Jones, but we know him as Chipper Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe in Cantina Hotline. I know when you hear that song, you probably already clicking your heels. You got your bat ready to go and ready to get it going on. What's up, Chip? Oh, man, I just getting done strapping on my batting gloves, man. That's what <laughs> I, I knew I knew what you heard that song right there. You was going to get hyped. <laughs> it's funny. I got uh, I got three kids playing, you know, uh, baseball and whatnot and they you know whether they're four they're six or they're they're 12 like the oldest is still still here at the house they still got that walk-up song and inadvertently every lineup has one dude that that, uh, has 
crazy train walking up to the plate. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And I know you were over there spitting out tobacco ready to go and got your gloves and strapped up ready to play. And I love it. I love it, man. It's here, man. Opening day is here. You're back with the Atlanta Braves. You've been a special consultant, a hitting consultant with the squad uh, during this entire time. And it's been kind of fun watching this young Atlanta Braves team develop. And the one thing that I've been talking about, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this more often now, the Atlanta Braves have kind of given the blueprint on locking up guys. I just said it. You played your entire career with the Atlanta Braves, and the Braves are trying to keep that nucleus together. How was spring training, and how fun is it to watch this team? Spring training was a blast. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's really exciting. As, as one of the first ones who was ever, you know, locked up early, um, you know, uh, I can just remember my, my second year coming in and, you know, I think the, the major league minimum my rookie year was a hundred thousand dollars Yep. Uh, and getting, you know, re-ups right there at the end of my rookie season and, and getting a five-year deal and knowing that I was going to make like 800,000 and that, you know, in my second year, that's, that was big for me, you know. I mean, uh, especially coming off the strike, man. I had a I had a job. I was yep. working at a radio station here in Atlanta, you know, during the strike just to just to pay the bills. So um, to have that kind of security for these young guys is, you know, really a feather in their cap. Obviously, uh, the price of inflation over the last <laughs> thirty years has gone way up, um, but these young guys continue to prove to, you know, the city of Atlanta and all of baseball that, Hey, we know we're a part of something special and we want to be a part of it for a long time. We want to, you know, try and rival the, the run that, that we had during the, during the nineties and early two thousands. And, and this organization is set up for, for the long run. And, you could be looking at a team once we get healthy, and I mean, you know, uh, getting uh, Kyle Wright back, getting Mike Soroka back, getting Rizel Iglesias back off the I.L., which shouldn't be a big deal, and, and getting Ronald Acuna back into the swing of things. This could be the best team that, that the Braves have had during this run, maybe ever. Yeah, and every time I look at them, and, and Rod and I talk a lot about this, you got Charlie Morton still throwing that sinker heavy as possible, and then you got these these young players. You made a big move to go get Sean Murphy at catcher, who is a young guy but can really pull it. And then you got the middle infielders that are back together. You had to make an adjustment, obviously, when you lost Dab, Dabney Swanson, but you got Von Grissom that is going to make a big role and have a lot of uh, time there once he gets rolling again. And then, of course, you got the rookie of the year, Michael Harris, doing his thing. This is an exciting group of uh, of players that will, like you said, that will be around for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, you could literally, you could literally roll a number of the dice and have one of four or five players in this lineup be in consideration for an MVP. Yep. You know, we, you know what Ronald Acuna can do. Um, 
Matt Olson has had a monster spring. Um, he's certainly capable. Uh, Riley at third base, mm-hmm. you know, he's been finished in the top three in the MVP. Mike Harris won the uh, won the Rookie of the Year last year. Um, is certainly a budding superstar. Um, you can go right on down the line. Not to mention, you know, some of the some of the good young pitchers. And I, you know, even though Kyle Wright uh, is going to start the season on the IL, Mike, uh, Michael Sirocco will be in AAA. Ian Anderson will be in AAA. We got two young lefties coming out of nowhere mm-hmm. that anybody's ever heard of, and Schuster and Dodd. They're going to start the season. Uh, going to start two of the first five games of the season, and probably get two or three starts um, before some other guys, you know, get back healthy. At, that have been very impressive this spring. I know it's spring training, mm-hmm. but these guys, you know, being young, have showed a lot of poise, knowing that they could be in the running, but really separated themselves as as spring training went along and. And go ahead and make the team. And and with this ball club and the offensive runs that they're going to score during the course of the year, they're going to make a lot of pitchers look good. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they're going to play some good defense behind them as well. And that's the most important part, especially when you have those young guys on the mound. We're talking to Hall of mm-hmm. Famer Chipper Jones right now. And Chipper, you sit back and you look at the season of uh, last year. The Braves end up losing to the Phillies. Phillies end up beating the San Diego Padres, who – Prior to that, the, they beat the Dodgers, which hardly ever happens. The Houston Astros, go ahead, Rod. Go Strolls! There he is. Uh, the Strolls go out there and get another another big victory, another World Series championship. As you look at the landscape of Major League Baseball, who are some of your favorite contenders right now that we should see later on in the season that will be going for that title? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the 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 same old crew is is going to be there. Uh, I think you know, for the most part, um, you know, the Houston Astros certainly with the top end of their rotation, they're going to miss Verlander a little bit. But um, with the top end of their rotation, and obviously, you know, a a, a dynamic lineup, uh, you'd be dumb to to pick against them. They're at least going to give themselves an opportunity. Uh, to go back and repeat, love me some Dusty Baker, one of my childhood heroes. So always happy for him. Troy Snicker, one of the hitting coaches. Uh, Brian Snicker, the manager here in Atlanta, son. Um, so a lot of a lot of good synergy uh, between Atlanta and uh, and Houston. Obviously, you know us getting our last one. Sorry to say it against y'all, Houston Astros. I love nothing more than see a, than to see a, a rematch. You know, uh, later on in in October, yeah, the same old cast is going to be there. I would think most of the the teams that made it from the National League will be back again next year. The National League East is loaded. The American League East is loaded. I'd be interested to see uh, coming out of the West with you guys, the Texas Rangers, and yep, with yep. all the money that they have spent over the last couple of years. Obviously, bringing in uh, Jacob Degrom, who is a monster brother when you get a chance to watch this dude go out and watch this dude pitch he is electric one of the most electric uh pitchers that i've ever seen uh in my lifetime so uh, it's gonna be interesting to see you know if if maybe some of the teams in the west haven't closed the gap 
on Houston, but I still put Houston uh, maybe not head and shoulders, but at least ahead uh, above everybody else there in the West. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the speaking of the West, and since we brought up the Astros, I wanted to bring up the Anaheim Angels. We, I mean, the Los Angeles Angels. We're sitting here watching the World Baseball Classic the other day, and you're seeing two of the most elite baseball players the world has ever seen going at it, and their team is terrible. Like, why? <laughs> How can you have two guys like that? And you got the modern day Babe Roof on your squad, and you can still never make it to the postseason. Or when you do, you never show up. What, what do you think's going on in Anaheim for them not to be able to excel in the postseason? That's a good question. Uh, I think you have um, a lot can be said for. Um, the fact that so much payroll goes into two players, you know, and when you have so much money going into just two players, you're going to have some holes in your roster. And obviously that kind of uh, hamstrings you from the standpoint of addressing some of your needs, whether it be in the off season, whether it be at the trade deadline, because in order to plug some of those holes, you know, you gotta you gotta give up something to get something. At least give up something good to get something good. And you know, I mean, they're <laughs> they got a bunch of money invested in those two guys, and uh, unfortunately, they they you know they got some some holes in the rest of their roster. They've done a good job, I think, this off season of trying to plug those holes. They will be better coming you know going forward. But the fact of the matter is, they're in the same division with, you know, the the reigning uh, World Series champs and, you know, uh, an owner in Texas that, I mean, I, 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 it looks like Jerry Jones is out there spending <laughs> for the Texas Rangers. It's unbelievable how much money they're spending, you know, the last couple of off-seasons, but it has yet to pay off. We'll see if it does this year. Hey, Chipper, I want to ask you about these new rules, man, for Major League Baseball. Everybody's really excited about opening day, but uh, new rules, restrictions on defensive positioning and pitcher step-offs and pickoff attempts and bigger bases and, of course, the pitch clock. People are saying basically it is going to be the – this is probably the biggest change in baseball since integration, some people are even saying. Like, <laughs> it's going to be a huge change in the game. What are your thoughts about the new rules? Hey, no cussing. We're on regular TV. I mean, regular radio. So, this is, <laughs> we're not satellite. <laughs> I got you. I got you. We're not on serious. I got you. I'll keep, I'll keep it kid-friendly. Um, I was down in spring training for two weeks uh, before I had to come back home. And to be honest with you, the one rule that I love the most is probably the pitch clock. I mean, we were in the seventh or eighth innings, you know, at two hours. I mean, it everything was just it's not it doesn't do much good for concessions because most <laughs> most most stadiums stop stop serving beer after the after the seventh. Man, you could be in the seventh hour and a half, hour forty five minutes, you know, into the game. I thought it kept you know, it's going it's gonna really enable pitchers to get in a rhythm. It's going to really enable defenders to uh, stay on their toes, be in a groove themselves. Yep. I really like the fast-paced game. 
other than that, you know, the the base changes, you know, okay, whatever. Um, but the the shift itself, I think, has really gotten the game back to. I hate to say it, it's roots in and of itself because now, guys, it, it's put the emphasis back on the single, the hit. It's not just about homers trying to launch it over the shift, the strikeouts, the walks. It's it, it's not about that anymore. It's brought back some uh, – uh, you know, emphasis on getting the base hit. Now you can hit and run. Now you can, you know, steal bases. Now you can bunt. You know, I mean, it, it's it it really emphasizes trying to to put weight back in the batting average and the single really counts now. And that's the one, you know, kind of the couple big takeaways that I that I took away from you know my two weeks in, down in spring training in Northport. Yes, yeah. I love that. I love the fact because I, I I talk to Rod about it all the time. I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, don't even try to hit the ball the other way. That's yep. that's the beauty of the game. That's the talent. And I understand guys are throwing a lot harder than what we were seeing. I know they're running it up there 100 miles an hour, but you still got to get your barrel to the ball and you got to make productive outs and productive hits. And that's the part that I was missing. And to back up what you were talking about, about Jacob DeGrom, I got a chance to go to spring training this year with the Rangers, so I got a chance to watch him pitch a little bit, him and Uvalde, and that's somebody else that is going to help that Texas Rangers uh, pitching staff get a little bit better, and they've got some help that is on the way. We're talking to Hall of Famer Chipper Jones, and Chipper, before we let you go, man, I want to get your predictions. I want to look at it right now. I want to see who's going to be there. I know you're going to put the Atlanta Braves there, but if the Atlanta Braves are not in the mix, who will be coming out the uh, uh, NL and who will be coming out of the AL? Taking the um, taking the Braves out of the equation for me, uh, I would <laughs> as much money as they spent. You know, we were just talking about the Rangers. As much money as the San Diego Padres have spent, as much star power as they have, if they don't win it this year, I got to think some heads are going to roll out there in San Diego. I mean, they have superstars. They have pitching. They have bullpen. Um, they have a, a city that is starved for a championship. And what better way to try and keep some of those superstars out there than to, once again, beat the Dodgers in the playoffs, uh, overcome whoever you know comes out of the Central and the East, and then represent the National League in the World Series. I would have to say right now, if I'm not going with my boys, I would probably go with San Diego. And out of the American League, man, until somebody steps up and beats them, you know the New York Yankees can't do it. Year after year, y'all beat the crap <laughs> year after year. Um, I don't think anybody in the Central is really strong enough, man. Until somebody steps up and beat the Astros, I'm going to keep on taking – uh, my boy Dusty Baker and and uh, and, the, and the Houston Astros. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the radio <laughs> with y'all. That would be my pick if I was talking to somebody in L.A.
I love that. I love that. Love it. Man. Hey, Chipper, before we let you go, somebody asked me, and I think I know the answer of this. Somebody sent a text to me and was asking, who was the best golfer on the pitching staff when you played? And actually, his daughter's name is Maddox because he named, uh, named her after his favorite pitcher on your staff. But I think I know the answer, but I want you to answer it. Who was the best golfer on that staff? Yeah, it's not even really close, to be honest with you. Uh, Smosey is, you know, you see him on TV. He's played uh, in the uh, Senior U.S. Open, qualified for that, played in the Senior U.S. Open. He's normally finishing in the top five, if not at the top, in a lot of these uh, celebrity Lake Tahoe, uh, Diamond Resorts, uh, uh, tournaments between athletes and actors and stuff. So Smosey was uh, Smosey was far and away the best um you know glavin maddox were were pretty pretty similar although i'd probably give the uh probably give the nod to glavin in second place over maddox that's that that's that hockey in him he knows he's got that (laughs) hand-eye coordination he was a former hockey player who's your pick for the masters who's your pick for the masters like I said, man, you know, until somebody beats them, I gotta, I gotta stick with the hot hand. I gotta stick with a uh, an Austin boy and uh, Scotty Scheffler. Oh yeah, you know, what I mean, he's the number one player in the in the world right now, and you know, even though he didn't win the the match play this past week, still flexed his muscle, made it to Sunday, made it to the semifinals. He's a defending champ, although it's hard to defend there because you have so many distractions. I think you can pretty much count on him finishing in the top two or three. I would love, love, love um, to see Rory McIlroy uh, complete the the career Grand Slam. That would be, I think, a a great kind of, uh, you know, him kind of sticking it to the live players, saying, don't be coming (laughs) back on this tour. This is my tour now. Whenever Tiger's not playing, I'm the man. And, uh, you know, him stamping it with a career grand slam would be a, a really cool backstory. I love it, man. Nice. I appreciate it, man. As always, you always make uh, the listeners very happy when they get to hear your voice here in Central Texas. And as always, I appreciate you taking the time because that baseball knowledge doesn't stop. As I said, my man is a Hall of Famer, and uh, he got some knowledge. I want to break – my boy Rod wanted to ask you, Thought you was going to be the OC for Deion Sanders. He didn't go to Georgia Tech. He went to Colorado. I I don't understand. I thought we were boys. You know, we (laughs) we played in the outfield together. I called him up. I left him, you know, sent him that text message. He never texted me back, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I said that, you know, we're all pulling for for Deion to to do good things out in Colorado. I'd love to see him take the next step in, uh, in his coaching career. No doubt, no Thanks, doubt. Chipper. As always, bro, thank you so much, and uh, I'll be looking forward to watching you and dealing with your Atlanta Braves and seeing if these guys can hit. If they don't hit, I'm calling you. <laughs> oh, oh they're going to hit. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, brother. Have a good one. All right, bro. See you. Thanks, right. Chipper. <laughs> wow. What do you say? Uh, they gonna hit? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm glad you asked the Dion question. Yeah, you threw that in there. Yeah, because uh, I was like, man, I know because uh, Colorado doesn't even have a baseball team, do they? No, 
Yeah. They don't have a baseball team. Because there's been a movement now to try to get Dion to bring back the baseball team. Oh, they're trying to the do program. everything now that Dion's there. They want to do everything. He's like, no, let the man. He said, I'm trying to sit here and coach my team, man. They ain't coach the damn season. They want to bring back the baseball team? Uh, great stuff there from Tripper Jones. Thanks for that, Harsh. That was you good welcome, stuff, man. man. Harsh Knock Life uh, broke out the uh, the great, the great uh, contact list once again and got us a Hall of Famer this time. No doubt. We'll get that posted for the people who caught it in the middle or who caught it a little bit late because that was a great interview. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll get the flags. Probably going to be short. We'll just come back uh, and hit it again. Again, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one foot on North. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of. Off the record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Time for, well, it's just time to get to the break. Uh, we went over with Chipper Jones, Hall of Famer Chipper Jones. Yeah, but yeah. it was well worth it. Thanks to my man Harsh for opening up the contact list to get us a Hall of Famer doing Harsh Knock Life. We come back, uh, we'll hit some of the NFL news notes and nuggets. There are a ton of them, Cowboys-related uh, topics, but also the Lamar Jackson saga. Aaron Rodgers can't return a call. We'll talk about it all right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn.